Andalusia Marine, located in Andalusia, Alabama, your express, all-weld stick steering, Polacraft, Starcraft, veranda pontoon dealer. One call heating, air, and refrigeration, Mr. Stephen Dubb, air-conditioned guy you can trust. RMC Mechanical Contractors, located in Chelsea, Alabama. Give us a call for all your industrial contracting needs. Star Arms, located in Bessemer, Alabama. You can also pick these rifles up at Simmons Sporting Goods. That is a star scout in that picture. I've been hunting with a pro hunter for about 30 years, guy. One of the finest rifles made. Pick one up today, and you'll see what I'm talking about. Alpha Plumbing. Mr. D. Robinson, he's been with us since day one. Call him for any of your plumbing needs, a plumbing guy you can trust. C.T. Ward Power Sports, Camden, Alabama on Highway 28. Your Excel Center Console, Side Console, Goffrey Prontoon, Hustler Lawnmower, and Mercury, and Yamaha Service Dealer. Power Brakes. If you want to get your total boat control under control, get you a set of these. Give old Chad Clifton a call www.mypowerbreaks.com and Illusion Marine. All right, folks. I guess that, that went smooth. We try to thank our sponsors for this show. Welcome to Crappie Cast. I guess let us know y'all can hear us fine. Uh, oh, yeah, we got some people tuned in there, Johnny. Man, there's already 40 people on here. <laughs> That's awesome, dude. Appreciate y'all tuning in, man. Let's see. We'll shout out Scott Seals is on here. Holden Higgs, Blake McDaniel, Chad Gillen, Jess Pratt, Ronnie McKenzie, Keith Spencer, old Sonny Mooney, old Kari Newby from Rome, Georgia. Greg Hammett's on here. He said he made it. Mr. Philip Dodson. Did you, did Greg go with you today? I went, I went with Greg. Yeah, you um, went with Greg. Okay, cool. Yeah, they went mullet fishing. And Mr. Bill Lolly Jr., uh, Mike. Cajun, so we got to go on our I guess it'd be called our mullet boat now. <laughs> That's awesome. That's awesome. That's awesome, guys. I want to welcome Shiloh Chappelle and congratulate him on his top five finish at the Crappie Expo Invitational there. Congratulations, buddy. Thank you. I know he uh he he, he done a lot. We're gonna hear a little about it during the show and but I know he worked his tail off up there fishing. I guess it was nine days straight, wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah. You made it to day three, it's nine days. And I can tell you, backstage, we were all uh, we were all glad it was over. I bet <laughs> we were done. We, yeah, fish that don't act right and uh, little sleep and on the water, it'd take it out of a, any grown man one bug. Yeah, and I don't know if a lot of people notice, but you know, even though we're staying on the lake or right there, we're still getting three o'clock every morning. Maybe five. Like 30, 9 o'clock, you're up at 3 30 every day on the water, you know, scratching your eyes out looking at grass. Shout out for a little bit, but hey, I, a lot of people don't realize how a tournament fishing's day starts and, and how it ends. Can you go through that initial, you get up in the morning, you know, leave out, and then by the end of the day, what all you've gone through? You know, to, to to fix everything you screwed up during that day practicing and and everything else. Go th just go through that day and talk about, you know, what your day is like. John, you act like I break everything at every tournament, though. Well, but you I'm, do, but you do. <laughs> only one thing this this last tournament only one broke one piece, but we're good. It's still rolling. So, um, so we got there Friday. I, John, kind of knew beforehand. I was going to go do something a little bit different than everybody else. I was going up river. I was going to get shallow and that, that's what I was looking for. Um, so we got up, we get up three thirty every day. There was four of us in the house. One of us would make breakfast, coffee, unhook the boat, you know, un unplug the boats. We pull up to the house and load the coolers up. We we're at the ramp at six o'clock every morning and we were breaking down the lake. And I, I try to break down the lake in sections. Um, I told John beforehand I'm going way up river and that's where I was going to stay. So the first two days I stayed above Lincoln Landing. I scanned every ditch, every creek, every nook between Lincoln Landing and Neely Henry Dam. Every one of And it paid off with three spots. So that, that can tell you, I don't know how many miles that is. It's probably what, 15 miles, John? I, buddy, you, you're educating me. I've never been on Logan Martin. I, I know. Would, uh, you, you, we talked about what you were going to do, and 
and I, I just I mean, you do your thing. I know when you got confidence that you're going to do well. Uh, but I've looked at Logan Martin, but I've never been on. I would say I would. It's probably ten to fifteen miles from Lincoln Landing up to Neely Henry Dam. And when I say I went up to the dam, I went all the way pretty much to the dam. Uh, and I, I found three three little spots. I mean, I'm when I say spots, they're probably not fifty feet round. Um, and I broke that down in two days. Then I went south. And like I said, we we're allowed to fish till five, and I don't think any of us were coming back to the ramp till 4:45 when we were pulling in, get the boat on the trailer, get out of the water. Then we would go back, cook dinner, and pretty much pass out. We did that for <laughs> not nine days. And when I when I when you do that on the water, and it wasn't like hot, hot, but it was warm. There were some days there were no breezes, so it it got hot some days. But you you get wore out and. Six days is a lot of days to pre-fish. I know John knows about it, although I think he spends a week at every tournament we go to. <laughs> uh, um, but, no, it, it was just a long time. And um, I know a lot of people went south to go fish deep fish off the ledges, and I went north to find fish shallow in six to five foot of water, and that's what I did. So I, uh, it was just it was one of them brutal tournaments that you just had to grind it out. Yeah, I know. I know Eric. I, I talked to Eric backstage before y'all weighed in. He goes, he said, Jones. He said, you know, I, I guide about every day. He said, but it's a total different gear. He said, you know, I'm usually done, but I try to be done at nine. He kind of laughed and he said, you know, lunchtime, I'm done. I'm taking a nap. He said, this is grind. And I said, well, y'all, y'all earned it, especially them guys that finishing that top ten. I guarantee well, you they did. And it's not like we were, you know, pulling into a creek, drop patrol motor, looking for home. Once you kind of figured out what the fish were doing, especially down below Lincoln Landing on below I-20, the fish were on brush and natural stumps along the channel. It was drop, you know, scan it, mark 15, 20 spots, turn around, drop troll motor, look at every one, see so you had better fish on it, pull the troll motor up and go again. So you were constantly up and down from the deck to the, to the console all day long. So it wasn't like you were sitting still for hours on end until you hit a stretch that you felt like had some better fish in it, you really picked it apart. But that, I mean, just moving. I mean, I burned a lot of fuel. I broke the alternator on the boat this past week. Got that <laughs> fixed the night before, two nights before the tournament. Um, and it, and I, I still, like I had in the back of my mind, I could still go shallow in some of those creeks and catch fish even down on the lower end of the lake. But I never made it down there. I had two or three creeks I could go catch some roamers in, but... I didn't need them. I didn't. The better fish for me were up on the upper end. Well, here's the big question. I know all I heard all week was can't get them to eat, can't get them to eat. And we hear this every episode all the time. It's summertime, it's hot water, any time of the year. We can't get these fish to eat. What did you do to make those fish eat? That I mean, to wait. I mean, there's people that didn't weigh in seven fish. There was people that didn't, you know, they didn't make it past day one or you know they they everybody got shut out at some point and you guys so, moved forward what did you do so day one was kind of like let's rewind to the first day of practice i pulled in one of the first creeks i pulled in and stuck on 125 white shocked me that it's white probably. i didn't expect to catch any whites but i did and it was in about four and a half foot of water which john and i talked i was like i'm going shallow i'm going to go find some dirty water and get fish to eat that was the only fish in that creek I caught all week. I went in there tournament days, never even seen a pound and quarter fish. I, uh, the first day, I pulled into an area that had a stump in the back and about five foot of water. The stump was about four foot around. It's huge. I caught a 160 off of a creek fish, and I never seen the fish. It's come up about a stump. Eight. anybody can see that out there we, we lost you for we yeah lost we lost you for just a second go ahead now go ahead Charlotte. so i found a stump in the back of a creek that was about four foot around and i dropped with a long pole and caught a 160 black um mid-morning first day of practice never seen the fish and it was on my little brown and silver heritage 
lot of guys that go on trips with me. That's usually what I've got tied on. Um, I went right back to it first day of the tournament, and I went up there with the hair jig, and they wanted nothing to do with it. But nice. I had, had two casting poles on deck. I knew there were some big fish there, and I spooked them all off. I had a ledge that was about two mile and a half from there, so I went right off my ledge and started casting. John, I used it all week. <laughs> I, I that's it. awesome i hate that short pole but i cast it at the first three or four fish and they wouldn't act right so i picked my long pole back up first fish i caught on it was a 160 white fish out, of the, out of the river on some piece of sand and timber uh, and then i just kind of worked up that ledge with the long pole i caught another 130 had about eight pounds the first day went back to that stump i started on in the morning and i crept in there like, when I sat crept in there, troll motor on one, and I just slid up to them. I knew they were going to be there, and I casted a little bitty mermaid. I cut that down to about an inch, so I had that. I don't even know if you'll be able to see this. And that <laughs> little bitty bait right there. I've seen that. Jeez. One, <laughs> I know you've seen it before. <laughs> so I, when I put my live scope on that stump in the afternoon, there was three big fish sitting there smallest one eight and it was a 160 and i i calmed down that put me at like eight three quarter and i was actually trolling out of there I, I only needed one fish i felt like i was going to make a cut and i was on my way out and this fish came up off the bottom 40 feet from me and just sat there like any bogey would do and pat was in the back he was still dealing with that 160 and he goes what's that so he's seen on my back live scope i said don't worry about it just get that fish in live and get ready <laughs> and i fired at that fish and it didn't take three seconds she ate the bait and it was a 140. So that put me right at nine. And we, we quit fishing. That was one o'clock. We just stopped, stopped fishing, stopped fishing. Saturday was completely different. Started on the ledge with long pole, never got a bite. I didn't have seven fish Saturday till 1130. And you wow. want to talk about, you want to talk about being sick. I, wow, I, sent a, I sent a text to our group, John, Jessica, Kevin, and Jessica. I said, this lake is crap. I said, I hate this place. I'm done with it. And that was after we got off the water. I said, I was, I was frustrated. I caught between 11.30 and noon, I had about eight pounds. And I fished all afternoon without a bite. One bite. 2.30, I pulled in. There's a little creek next to the ramp. And I don't think a single tournament boat went in there and looked. Always. I went in there and I had two brush piles marked. First brush pile pulled up to there's four big fish. I caught one of them as a 150. That put me at like eight and 60 something. I just quit. I just threw the rod on the deck. I said, I'm done. We're going to weigh in. It is what it is. I don't care if we make a cut or not anymore. I was <laughs> so frustrated. Um, then we got put the boat on trailer. Really, like we, I think we dropped the spot Saturday. And Sunday was this special day. Like, there, you know, you hear guys talk about it. You know, you pull into a spot and it's just one after another. I knew Saturday or Sunday I would have the area to myself. See, Friday morning, I didn't have anybody fishing around me. Saturday, I had six boats on me. All morning long, all afternoon, fish were seeing baits, and I just couldn't get them to fire. Sunday, we went in there. We were the only boat, so I slowed down a lot. Knew I had time to really fish stuff thoroughly pulled into one of our brush piles i don't know if it's really a brush pile more just a lay down off the ledge and i everybody all week long was working up the ledge turn around coming right back down the ledge i actually put the motor of my boat in the mud on the bank to get a different angle at that pile and brought the bait up the ledge first fish was a 119 second fish this was consecutive cast second fish was a 170 third was a 112 and fourth was a 155 you're short polling, right? You're you're, you're casting I'm these, right? Casting at them, and I hate it. <laughs> you heard that, John? You heard you heard that, Jessica? You heard it? You heard I hate it. <laughs> you know, and every time I hooked one of them, the because when I hooked that 170, I told Pat, I said, if it's crappie, it's big, and I got a six foot pole I'm using. I don't like this at all. <laughs> uh, you got to play them, really. I mean, a fish that big this time of year. You don't know, in the way they were biting all week, you just really didn't know how they were hooked. 
And when he netted that 170, I pretty much just dropped the rod and grabbed another rod and fired right back at that pile because they were fired up. I caught those four fish out of it. Never got another bite. Hmm. All day long. You, Never, are you are you throwing a hair jig or are you throwing that little minnow a bait? I was throwing that little, those two little minnow baits. I rotated I gotcha. them. Okay. You know, I would make one pass on my ledge that was about 100 feet turn around and fire you know i i wouldn't turn around i'd give it about an hour and come back to it and then rotate to a different bait i never really gave them the same presentation all week long twice you know all, all the tournament after saturday or sunday afternoon i didn't go back up river i stayed down lake just let people see me down there i didn't want nobody else going up river because it's a real small area so but i bait right no live bait. I don't know with how, like, the amount of 150 plus fish that we've seen Friday, you know, Saturday through Sunday, you know, Saturday pre fishing all the way through Sunday, the end of the tournament. I don't know if live bait would have even worked with how much they stared at it. That's and when crazy. I say, when I say they would follow it, I'm talking 150 to two pound fish followed all the way to troll motor. Give me the old Coosa turn and go right back to the pile. <laughs> the Coosa turn. I was asking some guys from Texas about that Coosa turn because they come walking by Saturday, and I like. I told Jonas, well, they found out about that Coosa turn. And I, I'm not laughing at them. I'm laughing with them because John, you know, said that term to me, and I laughed. I was like, yep, it's not picking plums off a tree now. You know, it's, it, it is. It is. It is. It's brutal, and, and the good thing about it, Shiloh, this information you're giving, and John Gills and Jessica, this applies to a lot of people. A lot of people fish for black crappie around, you know, Mississippi, Alabama, Georgia, so they know exactly what you're speaking of. Yeah, and that, I think a lot of it Sunday was I slowed down tremendously. Like, when I knew, like, I was boat number six out Saturday or Sunday, and when I got up there, I knew nobody else was coming up river. There was one other boat, he was fishing way up river. Pat further than I was. I was fit. I probably stayed within three miles of Lincoln Landing all week long. You know, tournament days. And uh, you know, I knew I had that ledge myself. I was gonna be able to fish it, as, you know, as clean as I wanted to. Just take my time and go fish my stumps. I had some other places I could go hit, and that's kind of what I did. I, I really took my time Sunday and just stayed in my element. And I went and fished confident. You know, what I, I knew what I could do. And that's, that's kind of what I've seen all week, you know, going into it. I was thinking, uh, you know, I looked back at the Lay Lake Tournament Series. I think 7-2 won it there two weeks before, right, John? It, yeah. So I knew Logan was going to fish tough. I just I, I knew it was. Um, and that's I, I knew going into it take nine to nine and a half a day. And I, I felt comfortable I could do nine. I got that kicker bite. I could do nine and a half. I just. Never got that big kicker bite all week long. I, yeah. After fishing that late, that Sunday late tournament, I said, if it stays warm and we don't get any rain, those boys are about to catch hell up around Logan Martin. And, it, and that was the truth. I mean, I, I mean. You know, you got Cagle, who's the best, you know, respectively the best black crappie fisherman in the country. And when he's coming in the ramp saying it's flat out tough out. It is. It was tough getting him fish to fire, and Chase Chase did an excellent job out there. You know, I know he fished twenty to thirty foot deep all week long, and I, he caught a unicorn pre-fishing. He caught a two twenty white off the stump pre-fishing, and I knew once he told me that, I'm like, you you're gonna do well here, and he did. He did a great job. He he stayed out there deep all week long, and he caught. Him. So my that's awesome. He, not only Chase can catch him in a mud hole, though. I mean, you know, I, that it just seems like every time you see his name, he's he's up there toward the top. But you you do he, the same. But he uh, really he and he's well rehearsed. I mean, he comes from Real Foot and he guides on Pickwick, Real Foot lakes, and he spends some time in the summer over in Mississippi on the mud hole. So pickwick and you've been thick with john it's not a shallow body of water he likes to fish deep there he's good at it fish ducky lake a lot yeah just to clear that up i wasn't saying a mud hole i'm just saying he'd go over to a mud hole on the side of the dirt road and get (laughs) yeah john john mentioned him before that but when we were actually setting up for the expo john was like he said petty's gonna be hell he's gonna you know gonna be somebody to deal with and hey he was up there just like you guys were 
you know, I, I, I would probably put this Chase is probably in the top three fishermen in the country right now. He's he's fishing really good. And he, he's on the water a lot and he knows what he's doing. So, you know, I give utmost respect to him. But. Oh yeah, well that's awesome, man. I, I'm glad you're sharing some. The good thing is, Shiloh, you've seen a lot of fish. So when it cools off, those people that fish Logan Martin are gonna have some fun. Uh, I mean, if, it, if this would have been a month, like middle at the end of October, this it would have been a slug fest. All the <laughs> everybody that's saying it's gonna take 13 pounds, yeah, it would have in October. There's no doubt. Towards the end, it would have took 13 to 14 a day. The fish are there. Get them to eat right now. Absolutely. I mean. People don't realize them, those, those big fish are deep, and you can see, you can see that they're big fish, but you cannot get them. To, in in several cases, in the same scenario I, that we dealt with, I, and I know you saw it, those fish are there. You can't even get them to acknowledge the bait. Not much less follow. There's no follow and turn. It's, it's just even acknowledging the bait. Sometimes they won't even move out of your way, John. They just they're just kind of lean. You know, you're yeah. like, hey, buddy. Even even the white I caught on day one on you know I was using I didn't have to. It's not like they're spooky. That's the other thing. You know, guys were saying you can't drop wash them. These fish didn't care. They weren't running off. The the white I caught on day one was with 13 foot rod, and I set it on her nose, and she really didn't act like she wanted to crush it she just kind of eased up underneath it and sat there for about three seconds and i told pat i said it's do or die i'm setting the hook just be ready and she was there she had it in her mouth the whole time i never felt the bite yeah um it's and it's they're just lazy this time of year it's part of it when we were in a lake taking our jig and like trying to hit them in the head just to make yeah. them yeah just trying to <laughs> I had a brick like we talked about before. I would throw the brick, throw the brick, and they're like, "All right, you moving away, another buddy." I mean, I'm throwing. You'd have a better chance of hitting them in the head than them moving. Probably. Yeah. That's and crazy. That, that was part of my shallow water plan. Like them fish out deep, they did not. You could pull up on a pile, and either you get one to bite, or you would not get one to move. That was how it was going to be. And them shallow water fish, they were, I think, a couple weeks ahead of those deep water fish. You know, like I said, I had I, most of my days, all three days, I spent in less than six foot of water. And that's, you know, I was casting at them shallow stumps and using a long pole and dropping on them. So even if I was out on the river, I was way up on the bank. Like, yeah, you know, one good wake and I was touching bottom. So, well, Shallow, did you get to talk to uh, the big man, White Phillips, any during the tournament? Or in or anything? Got any uh, good white quotes or anything? Why? So day yeah. two, I parked next to Jonathan in the parking lot. Wyatt got out and I asked him. I said, "Did you catch them?" He said, "I caught them all." And I thought Jonathan's head was gonna come off his shoulders. He, <laughs> he turned around and said, "Well, you didn't catch them all." He said, "I sure did with the net." <laughs> <laughs> that right there, I heard that in the parking lot, and that was probably the funniest thing I heard all week. And Hats off to them too. I mean, yeah, they, they did really good. They did really good. That's Jonathan of, Phillips and his son White. They come in second, right? Third. 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 Okay, I knew they were up there. That's right. That's right. Get, getting out there, Jonathan had four people on the boat: cameraman, a marshal, White, and himself. He's in what is that? Nineteen foot Ranger, John. It's a one ninety eight, I think, isn't it? That's yeah, a, you know, that's a little boat for four people and a camera, and. I, you know, I asked Jonathan how Wyatt did all three days, or both days of the tournament. He said he did great. You know, Wyatt's one of them that I think in a few years you're going to have to watch out for. He's He's got a hell of a mentor being Jonathan, and he's going to be a stick. So, I, you know, he's only 10 right now. So he's taking in everything that when we're all talking at tournaments, Jonathan, myself, Eric, you know, Cagle, and all of us, he's taking all that in. He's going to He's going to kick our tails in a couple of years. I, I know he is. And he is well-trained. Like, we'll meet with him at, like, a meeting or after a tournament. I'm like, all right, why, where'd y'all catch those fish at? He'll look over his day with that big smile. Like, mm-mm, not, not talking, not talking. <laughs> so that's funny. John, you're saying that. We were backstage, and Hyman and Pope were back there. 
they're they're great guys. I think they ended up second, but I think they asked Wyatt. They're like, "So you gonna tell us where the fish were?" And Wyatt turned, looked down, and said, "Not a chance." <laughs> <laughs> and you know, the tournament's over. These guys are probably never coming back to Logan Martin. And Jonathan just busts up laughing. It was great, you know. And like I said, for him to be ten doing what he's doing, it's he's gonna be good in a couple of years. He knows the game. You know, Richard Shirley, John knows him. They've got a place down the Alabama River, and his son, Jacob, was coming up. And Richard and them were catching them pretty good, you know, back years ago. And all them old-timers would get Jacob in the boat. You know, he's like, yeah, I get to go fish with these old guys. And he was showing where they're catching fish. And they, you know, they done drug every brush top Richard was catching them out of. He was like, man, he's yeah. trained up wide is. But, I mean, the other thing with Wyatt, he's probably one of the most polite kids there is out there. You know, Saturday morning when he's first able to fish the tournament, I was talking to Jonathan while we were waiting to put our boats in the water. And he was, yes, sir, no, sir, what can I do next? What, you know, now what do I need to do all morning? You know, the entire time there with a smile on his face, you know. I don't think Jonathan had to wake him up any morning to, you know, get him to the boat ramp. He was ready to go. It's awesome. It's, it's great. He's, he's one of the best kids who have out there fishing. That's good. That's, that's that's a good story. Let's see what Michael Clary is asking. First question I seen, can you guys explain when on structure you can see it good on one side but not the other? User error or physics. I guess he's talking is he talking about side scan, John? Uh, I'm just know, I'm just this but I will say this that uh one side of the structure will look better on the sunny side other than the uh shadow side. You, you know, the fish are going to be on one side, you know, so you're going to have the structure side of it, then you're going to have the side the fish are on, so you're going to have two different pictures. You know, sometimes, even though the wind might be affecting you, you might come around and, you know, if you've got brakes on the back of your boat, come around a different side of it and back up, come in. I mean, and there'll be cases, like, uh, that you'll have to dump in over a top of a pile and bring a bait back in a certain way to get it to the fish where you can't necessarily uh downwind or down current Charlo, talk yeah about he's saying live he is saying live cup guys so he's yeah. saying, you know I, go ahead i guess he's talking about in the beam but he's not really you know so go ahead shallow it's it's all a game of angles really i mean um when you're approaching say you're fishing a stump on a ledge when you're approaching that coming like parallel on the ledge you're only going to see a part of that stump whereas if you come in facing the ledge you're going to see how that stump's laid out coming down it. Or if you get around on the back side in between the bank or the top side of that ledge and looking down, you'll kind of see how those fish set up. So if you can get out in front of the stump looking up the ledge, you may see them fish tucked up, you know, on the bottom side of that stump towards the bottom. Whereas if you're facing down the ledge, you'll see them, you you know, that stump will kind of hide them, for, you know, per se. And same going sideways. I just, oh. I just took Jessica's headphones out. Yeah, got <laughs> knocking her out. <laughs> I, Good thing. I think people realize this. So the stump is, this is the stump, and the current's coming here, right? So the current's going to blow all this out up under the stump. So, you you know, the blown out portion of the stump might have roots going here, roots going there. You know, you're going to have to look at different areas of the roots, and the fish will be up under that root ball at times or they'll be on the side of the stump. So what he's saying, you know, different angles all the way around the stump will look differently to you. So that's why uh, approach can be different and you'll see different things. Going going off what John's saying, if you go look at NCL's Facebook page right now, they did a video with me on Weiss, the, just this regular preview, the, the image on Facebook is a big hollowed out stump. And when I say by hollowed out, you can see the roots coming down now, I, I bet you that stump's only attached by two or three roots down there. But it's, you know, you may not see fish, and they'll just run out at it. Do you, uh, if you, Shiloh and John, do y'all y'all see a stump on a ledge, and you know it's a good stump, and even though you don't see fish separated from it, do you always cast to it because of that's a, it's hollowed out? Or, or do you see what re your reaction you get to see if you get a fish to run out? You know, a lot of times you don't see those crappie out from the stump. You know, do you I always mean, cast at them and... That goes back to what I just said on Logan. Um, the, I, the one stump I had in the back of the creek and, you know, in five foot of water. Now, i never seen a fish on it pre-fishing. I dropped on it, caught a 160 that first mm. day of pre-fishing. I came back to it. Um, 
Saturday, you know, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday, one time all weekend long did I actually see fish on it, and they were sitting off of it about six inches. But I cast it out every time, and I I caught five of my weight fish all weekend long off of it, every one of them being over 140. Jeff, we got a stump we fish on Neely Henry Lake that uh, I think we probably fished five to six tournaments on Neely Henry before. And I'd say 80% of the fish that we caught off that stump, we, we we didn't we didn't see it. we brought the jig on top of and it and they came out and got it you yeah, know it, it's hollowed out stumps is what it is if you can right. find you know it, once that stump's been hollowed out a big crappie's going to call that its home and he's going to be able to run off other fish and live inside of it get away from predators and ambush bait that come by so right i know yeah. when y'all talk about this i went to miller's ferry and and there's always brush piles and I started hunting up a ledge, you know, there's a lot of cypress stumps where they flooded that thing and, and those stumps. And I just took that jig and fired it and just raked the top of it. And those big black crappie would shoot out of there. And they, he's like, where'd he come from? You know, and the same way you're saying, I, I just had confidence there was a fish tucked down in there. So I had one on that stump I'm talking about. I seen her Friday in that tournament. I, I think she's over, was over two and a half pounds. Mm. I seen her in there twice and, both times she'd follow, she never would eat. But it was it was the biggest crappie I'd seen all week, and she was up in five foot of water, and I think she was living in that stump. Great place to live. Let's see, Gary Stevens got a question. Shallow, when casting, how far do you stay back from the stump in relation to water depth, and what jig weight were you throwing? So, um, when I was out on the river, I was casting probably 15, 20 feet. The, the stump that I had in the back of the creek or the brush piles I had in the creeks, um, I, I crept into them. I'm talking troll motor on one. I knew the fish were there. I didn't have to go check it. I knew they were there. I had confidence that they'd be there. So I just kind of slid in there on one. Got I got down on the, you know, the, the shady side of the brush pile. And when I say by that, sun's in the east. I was on the back side. That way my boat was not casting shadow at those fish. So if they did chase my my jig would never get to the shadow of my boat those fish had no idea i was there it just looked like a natural shad pretty much you were stalking them babies then <laughs> uh any any kind of change like anything spot and stalk wise i did it right there you know i got i got on the downwind side of the brush pile i made sure the sun was in my face so i you know i didn't need to look up i knew where the stump was i knew where the fish were on the stump it was just a matter of getting one from out fire. So I, and in there, I was casting like 30 to 35 feet to them, just trying to stay off of them. Cause I was shallow. I didn't want them to know I was there, but I used the 16th all week long too. Yeah, 16th, there it is, Gary. He said he used the 16th, even the little plastic bait in the- uh... The hair jig was a 64th. 64th, I, oh Lord. I had it pegged with a, a, a three eighths above it, about 10 inches, but that was just, you know, when I got the chance at a roamer or I had a fish that was buried down in a pile that was sitting on top of it when I first seen it, I'd go down there and just set it on his nose and shake the crap out of it till he ate it. And it worked a couple times Friday, Saturday and Sunday, not once. Shiloh, it was good to hear you talking about shaking that jig in front of him. I heard a lot of the guys talking about it was a reaction by uh, what, what differently did you do other than you know shaking it on to get that reaction by when you were when you're approaching those fish i, I know we, we first time up come by those fish we want to do a slow roll get their attention obviously yeah i'm gonna eat a bait what what did you do after that when that didn't work i just kind of stuck with that little twitch just take my you know my index finger and tapping the rod really i mean that's all i pretty much did all week long um especially when that first initial cast didn't work but if they didn't hit it on the first cast to throw any intentions, you know, come to get that bait, I just pick a different rod and throw a different bait at them. I wasn't going to sit there and waste my time trying to, trying to get them to react on the same bait they just seen. So. Yeah, that's a good idea to have them on the deck. You had two rods, two casting rods, you're saying. I had two casting rods and a 13, you know. And, I, you know, if I seen that brush pot 40 feet, that gave me, you know, on the river, I had two chances, you know, one at 35 foot, one at 20 foot. And by the time my 20 foot cast come through, I was picking up the long pole. And I know my marshal 
both days, Friday and Saturday, he got tired of me switching the drums. I mean, I was burning through them. <laughs> it was every stump and every brush pile I hit. I one, two, three, I'm on to the next one. Unless I felt like there were some big fish there. And I would sit there and, and try to work on them a little bit, but then I would be on to the next one. So, I didn't stay in one on one brush pile or stump very long. Other than the couple I had in the back of the creek that were holding big fish. I'd kind of wait for them to come back and try to get another one to fire, but that's about it. What? Um, I got a kind of a funny story, and we'll go into what you use, Shallow, in this scenario. <laughs> um, Shallow's got a, a bad tendency to leave his scales up on the front deck, and they'll go airborne and fly away, and never to be seen again. Die. And uh, we were fishing a tournament, and he had to go buy. That, that's all he had at the time. Well, so what scales did you use in this tournament? You know, to weigh fish, monitor fish. You know, and and, and be John, you know, successful. I'm trying to be a different person. Okay. We're trying not, <laughs> first off, we're trying not to break anything on the boat. We almost made. <laughs> We're going to start calling him the demolition, man. I hate to interrupt him. That's what we're going to call him, the demolition, I've man. A, I've got a spare lower unit now. Like, I'm going to do whatever I want to go through. Uh, so, I, I used my Rapala all week long. I bought a good one. And every time I weighed a fish, I put it right back in the console. <laughs> it stayed in the console unless it was laying a fish. That's but, awesome. Yeah. Three fish. I bet I only weighed two fish. I weighed the first, the 160 I caught in the back of a creek, and I caught I weighed one fish maybe on the south end. It's like a 130. That was it. I, I, you could look at these fish and you could tell, you know, all right, it's a better fish than what it's been catching. So, but no, I didn't lose nothing this week. Thanks very much. They're <laughs> uh, always poking each other. He, he's got gorilla hole on the bottom of his boat too, guys. He knocked a few holes in his boat and. Yep. How's that thing holding up? Just about since I brought it up. You know, when I rolled in those creeks this weekend, I trimmed up, stayed at about four mile an hour. If there was a stump in the way, didn't really care. That's, <laughs> that's awesome. Find out how comfortable <laughs> it is. Um, that's awesome. Yep, and I didn't break anything on the troll motor this week. Yeah, man, he had a, it was, had a good Lord's looking out for you there, Shiloh, for sure. Yeah. You, go Truman, you go to Truman, and your old tracks decides it's going to quit working. Um, your motor decides it's going to throw an alarm. You decide to come home and just fix everything in two weeks, you know? So, we're good. You're we're about to hit the road, guy. You might as well tell everybody. We got 83 people tuned on. Thank y'all. Yeah. Tuned in. Excuse me. That's awesome. Tell them you, what your plans are. You know, you got you got three tournaments coming up, counting the one you just did, right? Uh, well, counting the one I just did, we got four. So, okay. I leave Monday to go to Grenada, Crappie Master Elites. I'll be there for till Sunday morning. And then Sunday morning, I pack up and I go to Somerset, Kentucky for Lake Cumberland, Crappie USA. And I get to come home for five or six days. And then I get to go whip up on John at Old Hickory. <laughs> hey, deep, bleak, deep black crappie. That, that's the Midwest Crappie Alliance, right? Isn't that the name of that, John? Make sure I got it right. Yeah, yeah. I don't think it's going to fish as deep as the one last no. year. No, it, okay. it's not going to be like Dale Hollow catching on 45, 60 foot deep. That's, if that's the case. I'm going to have a headache all week. But, <laughs> no, uh, Old Hickory, it'll, it'll fish good. You can catch them however you want. You know, That's awesome, guys. Scooting docks, whatever you want to do. Scott Shiloh. Seals is – go ahead, yeah. Sean. I had a question for you uh, about what – Is there any good chair stories? <laughs> Thank you, though. Uh, <laughs> trying to think, do we have any good stories at I, the house? I was, I was wondering if that was coming. Yeah, he he's at that's all good. He, he hit a chair and it doesn't matter. <laughs> I'm trying to think. I don't. I, I really. I was pretty good all week. Good. You know, even he's, at the house. You hang with shallow. You gotta understand. There's gonna be some destructiveness going on. That's a demolition, man. That's awesome. That's yeah. this is a new name. Saturday, Sunday, pre fishing. We did get airborne a couple times. Now you know Pat and I are a pair of big old boys. <laughs> yeah. Logan Martin Sunday. Got a little rough. Uh-oh. And I tell you what, that's when I snapped that bolt off the alternator. It, and I'm not talking like it wore out snap, it snapped off. We got. Mm. I watched the voltage go from 14.4 to 12. And uh, 
we called Wally, which thankfully he answered when we got back to the house. And Mercury actually has another bolt on top of their alternator where if I guess if something was like that to happen, you can switch it over real easy, which we did. And we called Wally and just asked him to back, you know, trailer and water fire up the motor and make sure I had 14 volts come to the units. And he said, that's fine as long as it doesn't come off the trailer. So that's what we did. That's good. Uh, Shallow, if you ask, uh, I, I see Pops Jigs is commented on here. Have you asked him about that uh, new secret Chanel yet? No. Nope. He and I talked about it at Expo. You know what's sad is he can get them to me faster than you can. Ah! <laughs> <laughs> oh, goodness. John was tying some baits up at the Crappie Expo for some kids, and we're going to get into the Crappie Expo here in a minute, but we wanted to congratulate Shiloh and get some tips from him and, you know, uh, you know, just get just get his tournament scenario, what he done and how he done it, and and like like Scott Seals is saying, right, you can't get into this information anywhere, guys. I mean, there's there's a few podcasts that do this, but I mean, he's laying it all out there for you, which is which is great, you know. Which, which I hope you know for the Alabama Crappie Trail, their their championships there in June. I hope it's not that tough. If it's so, John's gonna need two weeks at that. So. <laughs> It wouldn't do me any good, buddy. You still probably beat me. <laughs> no, no. I, I'm going to do the same thing, though. I'm going to go shallow. I'm getting away from everybody. <laughs> there, you go, there you go. Tommy Keller. He's tuned yep. in. He said he's getting some menace. Go ahead, John. I know. I said he'll definitely be getting away from me. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah I, I'm, John's going to go try fish them deep stumps. I ain't doing it. Oh, man. I'm tired of it. I hope it rains the entire week before the tournament. <laughs> uh, Shallow Pop, Pop said, uh, "Just got two skeins in the day in in the mail." <laughs> well, I seen that. Yeah, oh, hey. Jim's a nice guy. He, it was funny, Shallow. I'm, I haven't met, I haven't met Jim or James. Or he, uh, mm-hmm. he came up and I seen his his jersey. It said Pop Jigs, and he had an envelope with my name on it. And he, uh, matter of fact, I don't already put him in my truck. He goes, "I heard y'all talking about them jigs and them ghost jigs." He sat there and he. I looked at him, I was like, dang, them look pretty good. <laughs> I'll tell you what, James, so I can pull a jig out of my box from three years ago that I've never used, and I could send James a text and say, hey, I want this. I could just tell him the name of it. In a week, I'll get those jigs, and they will look exactly the way they did three years ago. Yeah, he had a jig Bible with him. I mean, a big old folder. He said, look through here. Um, he is the most consistent jig tire I've ever seen. They hold together. I'm they're gonna it takes about 250 fish for when it can start coming untied and in my opinion it just looks better when it starts coming untied then fish just keep nailing it it's he's a nice he's he's a super nice guy too he got he stayed at our booth a lot man and then we he was a real nice guy man and like i said i he opened that catalog up and we were and john and him was talking about while they were tying i just flipping through the catalog like a little kid you know i was like man he, there's yeah. a lot of good jig makers out there and he's one of them for sure He's probably the hardest working one I've ever seen, to be honest with you. You know, he's got a full-time job. He works. Yeah, he drives a truck. truck. He told me, yeah. Truck driver. He, if you know, whatever orders he has that has to be out that week, he takes those materials with him on the road. He'll tie in the hotel room when he gets done driving. Man, that's that's getting it there. He'll pack his stuff up, drive for however long, and then start tying again that next night. So he uh, he gets orders out as quick as he can and i know he's he's a one-man show so sometimes it takes him a little bit but he does a good job that's awesome let's see brandon lutz what's he saying how can you tell northwest south and east on navionics when trying to break down a body of water john you want that i mean is it not north is, is it north when you first pull it up or or is it road i can't go ahead you can adjust your mouth however you want I think okay. you, can change, you can go into the settings and go into north up, right, John? That's right. You can go up, head up. But the, the problem you got with it is if you're going on your – you're playing on your phone and, and you sit on the couch looking at it, you know, you're not moving, so it's not going to be able to necessarily adjust to where you are moving. So it's going to – it might give you some spin. So uh, my, my advice if you sit on the couch is orient yourself uh, when you're looking at it you know, maybe uh, by the cursor that's on the map or uh, look at look at the, you know, at, on a map and figure out which, which way is north, which creek is north, which one's east, which one's west, and go from there. But uh, 
now if if, if you're on the water you can adjust your mount to north up or head up and then of course you will have a cursor and i can't remember if it's the top left or top right corner of, of the mount and it always give you a north bearing so brandon i just i just pull my naviox up on my phone there you go hit, if you hit the, the little charts in the bottom left pull up your map options it has north up head up of course up just click okay. on one I, I usually run north up i know a lot of people run head up but i don't like my map moving when i'm moving so i, I keep mine north up even when i'm heading south or east or west I, I i'm a head up guy because we used to spider rig i always wanted to map you know going the way i was going um i didn't want to have to adjust off of uh off that uh, but but in today's time i mean matter you know uh but you know when when you when you push and poles or something like that you always want the map going the way you were going i know when i first per- turned that helix that that 15 i've got you know it, it's big and i was I was that. That's when John said, "Hey, you need to put that thing on heads up," because I didn't know where I was. Like, where am I going here? Well, let's see here, guys. So we got any more questions here? Yeah, that's what he said. He's Brandon Lutz was saying he wants to tell the difference when he's at the house, John. So y'all handle that thing. So. North, yeah. north would be perfect if you're at your house because that. I mean, that shows you all the time that north's gonna be up. Yeah, it, it, you want it to orient the same when you're at the house. You don't want it trying to force off you moving. It would be a hot mess. So, but what you do in that in that scenario is, is look at the map ahead of time, and with it north up and say, all right, that 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 creeks north, that one south, and you can you can you know uh, get your I, mind right of how you're looking at the map. So, John, I don't know if you do it, but the only reason I like I do mine north up is because my map doesn't move, but also north up usually your dam is always going to be at the south end of the lake. You know, that tells me where the dam's going to be, so I'm going to get as far away from there as I can. <laughs> Go towards Why is that, Shiloh? Because the, the water gets clearer towards the dam. Is that what you think? Pretty much, yeah. Yeah, yeah that's awesome. <laughs> that's awesome. You hear a lot of bass guys say that, Shiloh. They're like, hey, I'm going, you know, and it's, I guess it's the exact opposite when it's muddy, you know, it's first to clear up or what. I don't know. So I, It's huge on Logan right now. It's at Lincoln Landing, it's it's got a stain to it. It really does, especially in the creeks right there. You get below the bridges, like I twenty, it's gin clear. I got right. into, I got into a hole Sunday on Logan, and I know another tournament boat watched me go in there, and I know as I was going in it, they're like, "There's nothing back there. Why is he going there?" Well, it opened up into a little pocket that was four foot deep. Went through another little cut, and it dropped into a twenty foot lake way back in the back. There wasn't crappie in it, but it was gin clear, like it was an old rock quarry. So that's crazy. It, uh, I thought it was going to be an awesome hidey hole, but it was not. It was terrible. <laughs> <laughs> well, you said the first day you you know you went 15 miles and found three spots, and that just that just tells you the scenario. You know, three spots out of 15 miles. You know that 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 puts it in perspective for real. I mean, tournament fishing. Well, yeah, of course. I mean, the but. Crazy part, you took that out you know you know he he said i i got these three spots let me now i can move on you know what i'm saying and it, and it you know i and when i started going south i tried to replicate those spots and i did it in two creeks i, I you know right. I, found, I found a hole in the creek in the back of it it's 10 foot i had pound you know, pound pound 10 fish roaming in it i could sat back there and caught them all day long but i you know that's not what you're looking for you're looking for the 120 and up fish and i right. think I know Saturday I weighed in a point eight nine, and Sunday, I think we had a one hundred one in the live wheel still. So I got rid of those. You know, I got rid of that point eight nine with a one forty or one twenty Saturday. That puts me over nine pounds and essentially gets me up into third. So that's so that's huge. Yeah. Knowing that that one fish puts you there is is crazy. Talk about this right here. All right, so. People are going to hear these weights that you're talking about. I'm like, damn, that sucks. You know, 110, 120, 130, 160 is a good fish. <laughs> Explain to people, you know, you showed up and in your mindset, hey, I'd love to catch two pounders. I know if I'm catching two pounders, I'm winning this tournament. Explain to people well, how you had to set your mindset to fish that tournament and, and, and where you had to lock in your focus 
on size and you know what you did to get that understanding yeah so when i first got there i thought i was gonna be able to get those creeks and find you know 170s 160s up shallow i quickly realized there was 120s and i caught an occasional 160 but there was a lot of pound 10 to pound 25 fish in there and that kind of told me how the size was size was going to run throughout the whole lake i mean those shallow water fish are going to be your most active generally so when i went out deeper and i was catching pound fish you know that told me that my 120s up lake were healthier and that's what i stuck and you know when you when you go two or three days and you've seen one 160 you caught one 160 and you know that's the only one that's fit you just got to accept it like all right i know we kind of thought the cut line going into Saturday would be eight pounds. It was seven pounds. You know, and going into Sunday, the cut line was, I, I, might, I think it was like 1680 or right at 17. So it was about, you know, what is that, eight and a half pound average, John? 17. Yeah. So, and that's after the first few days, it's kind of thought what I would take. It's, it's about right at 17 pounds to get to Sunday. And that's, that's what it took. You know, you just, it's one of those things where you keep seeing the same 120s, 115s over and over again, and you're not seeing any of those bigger fish bite or catching any of those bigger fish. You just got to accept the fact. And, you know, you, you got to think seven 125s is eight three quarter, you know, and that got you to Sunday. If you did that. Yeah, it, it definitely was tough. Right, you, you, you can only catch what you're presenting, you know. I mean, yeah. you can't you know, make magically appear there's not three pounders you know what i'm saying no it's it's like grenada it's in march you know 18 19 20 pounds like you know every day of the week you go there in july it's 14 all those two and a half three pound fish they don't have the weight that they had in spring you know so they're going to be essentially half a pound to quarter pounds lighter yeah i mean a 160 is going to weigh what shallow in the spring i mean he's got a two pound frame right i mean yeah, the one sixties I caught were on two pound frames. Right. Pound pound, pound eighty five to two pound frames. Right. So they're they're good fish. Don't, I mean anywhere on a you know. Yeah, they're 14, rivers. You know, 14, 14 and a half inches long. It's just the time of year, you know. You like I said, you give that another month, month and a half, that lake could have been a thirteen pound stringer every day of the week. Well but but don't don't get us wrong now about Logan Martin. There's Places on that lake right now, you can catch 180s. Oh, yeah. They're not where you can catch them right now. They're they're deep and they're in clear water, and you can't do anything with them. Those fish, I think, are feeding at night. I don't know what your opinion is, Charlie. I don't necessarily know that they're feeding at night or just that bait is not being presented like the rest of Shad and Lake are. You know, when that fish feeds... Why does he have to come up 15 feet or chase a bait 15 feet up feed when they're shad down there 35 feet with him? You know what I'm saying? I know, I know, I know, I know, I night fish down there with a guy and we had toughies and shiners and he, these weird looking minnows come up and he actually caught those in the net. I don't even know what they were. And I remember fishing with those things and we just whopped them fish with them. I, I it's been a long time ago, but I, I I can't remember what they looked like. But I remember he's like, "Oh, we need to catch some of them." And I was, what was going on? I don't. It was a real thin looking minnow. Yeah, and it's the time of year too. I mean, oh yeah, our weather all week was kind of little little messed up. You know, we had the morning where it was first couple mornings was fifty five to sixty degrees, and then Monday through Wednesday it was sixty five degrees in the morning. And then Friday, Saturday, and Sunday, I think it's right at 60. So, them fish kind of, they're just kind of really scattered out right now. Yeah. I mean, don't get me wrong. I know every everybody in the top 10 seen big fish all week long. Just getting them to eat. Like John's saying, you hit them in the head with a bowling ball, but they weren't going to eat. Yeah, they got that bad attitude, and that, that's everywhere. And I, You know, John and you and Eric said the same thing. They're about two weeks, two and a half weeks behind because – this time last year when I was fishing, the water was in the low 70s, you know, 71, 72, and now it's 80, you know, and getting up to 83, 84. You know, it's supposed to be 90 degrees this coming up Saturday. Well, I mean, it, it's some crazy weather. If you, if you 
watch every year. It, the, the, the good bite moves from middle Florida up to the panhandle and it goes up through the state of Alabama and just keeps moving up. All right, so we saw a report this week where the middle of Florida, I won't say the lake out of the guides, respectfully guide, uh, there, it's, it's heating up down there. Mm-hmm. That's all black granny. That's all it is down there. Mm-hmm. So you know it's just going to keep moving up. Right. So it started down there. Just, you know, when you said two weeks, just think about it. Right. That, that's that's a good scenario. You know, I really, you know, it's it's the same way in the spring, John. I mean, they're shallow as them was fishing at St. John's, and it, it you know, and and when was that? January. Yeah, it was slow. January. January, here it comes. You know, it's just, it, you're the same way. That's a, that's a great. I never even thought about that, John. But you're absolutely you're talking, right. Shane, you're talking about water temps in the creeks that I was fishing. It was 76 in the morning, oh. and it only get up about 79 in the afternoon. Whereas that river was staying out there in the mornings at 78 79 degrees first thing and it's getting up about 82 in the afternoon all right so the other thing i seen thursday that may fly hatch uh-huh. <laughs> will a fly hatch happen um on logan on the upriver and that's why as the other reason that drove me shallow really kept me shallow was that that bug hatch and i think them fish were up there feeding on them at night you know picking them off the trees and everything yeah I believe it. I mean, you, you, I seen one uh, when I was in Miller's Ferry. You're exactly right. They're going to, you know, I didn't realize that, that, that they ate those willow flies like that. But I was, I got in the creek down in Demopolis and was throwing the jig up. It didn't matter what color. If it looked like, and you could really, at a pretty good pace, and they were just slapping it. You know, and that's where they've been, they've been in, yeah. There's, a, yeah, they've been in gear. I, that's a copperhead jig. You know what the color that is? Yeah, it's called copperhead. And I didn't realize that fish, they just clobbered them things. But that, somebody asked earlier, did we, uh, have you ever tried to use crickets for them? I never have. You ever, anybody ever try to use crickets for them? I mean, I don't know why they wouldn't eat them, that they eat willow flies. I've never used them, but I've heard of people joke about using them in tournaments. And, uh, so, oh, big Sasquatch, he, he, he got what he calls his, the cricket, you know. The, <laughs> yeah, he, he calls it the cricket. And I, I don't know. Up on it. Cricket live. Yeah, he he hung out in the booth with us, man. We, I, I'm gonna go on set before we run out of this hour. I mean, I appreciate Shiloh coming on and giving all this information. But the crappie expo for us was, John and Jessica and I got to meet a ton of people. I mean, a ton. And, and man, it was, it, it was it was fun and it was kind of humbling because, literally during the day during the expo, you had to you know excuse yourself to go to the bathroom. I mean, that was people waiting and it it was an awesome experience. I know for us and. It, it was it was it was fun. It was nothing like work, even though it was long days and we were on our feet. But we met a lot of good folks. Yeah, I know my marshals both days. They they talked about the show a little bit. So I know one of them came to see y'all Sunday. He did. He was that's awesome. He was probably he's probably like one of the coolest marshals I've had. He was pumped up in the boat every time I caught fish. Oh, shallow. We hadn't gone in this. We've done everything else, but but this. Uh, just give everybody a little breakdown of. of the uh, rod reel in line you used and your boat breakdown. I mean, a lot of people are into that because they're, they're interested in buying boats right now. And, uh, you know, it, it sounds silly for us to ask yeah. that. You know, people that listen and they want to get into it, and that's why they, they're, they're calling in, or not calling in, but, you know, listening, they want to know, you know, what what you're using because you were successful. Yeah. Talk yeah, about I've, what I've got a Falcon 205. I've had it for about three years now. Um, I've got, I want to say about 200 pounds of sand in the front of it. Keep the nose down, even in wind and boat wakes. Uh, John, see me, I, I, I'll turn it on a dime. I, I fish out of it hard. I put it through the ringer. You know, that's why it's always broke. Uh, and I run a 36 volt Altrex. I'm running GT 34 right now. I went back to it, John. Um, an 8612. And a 106 up front. I'm running my live scope off the 8612. I've got a 126 and a 1022 at the back. My 126 is strictly for side scan. You're, you're all Garmin, right? Then it sounds all, like all Garmin besides my shoulder. Okay. And then my 1022, I use it strictly for mapping. If I've got two clients in the boat, one of them will sit back there and they'll kind of take turns. I can flip it to live scope and it 
you know, kind of mirrors what my 8612 is doing. They can see everything going on in the front of the boat at the back. And then uh, the rods, I ran an X13 Friday and pretty much all week with 12-pound canine, 3-8 tungsten pegged above it, and a 64-ounce copperhead hair jig. My casting poles, I ran a trick stick light, four-pound test. Yeah. <laughs> he hates to say that. You know what? He just sure He's like, oh, I was casting. Yeah. <laughs> Jinko trick stick light, uh, four-pound, and then Kegel, or I, I ran Kegel's rod quite a bit, too. The H&H, I, I won it at the Alabama Crappie Trail. That dude is a bad little devil. That little, six, what is that, six-footer, John? Six. He, can't, he designed for them. Yeah, they were six, five, six. Yeah, it's a six footer with Tennessee handle. That's that's what it is. Yeah, that's a bad dude. I mean, he he knocked that rod is awesome. It's perfect for the blackfish. Um, I used it with four pound tests as well, and I I ran sixteen pounds on both of them. One would have a mermaid. One would have that little outbreak like crappie monster on it. And then I had the what color is that? What color the mermaid? What they were? Uh, by Jinko, I think it's dirty milk. And crappie monster, it's, it's you know that monkey milk or um, I, I don't know exactly what the name of the color is. That's a shag color anyway. Yeah. Yeah, that clear, that bluish clear color. Um, gotcha. I just, that's what I rotated through all week. I did try a little, you know, in that dirty water. I tried some straight sartreuse. I would get bit, but I got a lot more looks at it. So that was my setup all week, though. Shane, Shane got to say this: we we met some uh, real cool people at the expo. I mean, uh, amazing. It, you know, getting to meet the people that you talk to and uh, think about, you know, that are big names. But we met Pee Wee from Express Boats. <laughs> yeah, I missed out on this. We, we ride Express and we just had to, uh, we said we got we to talk about him from Express. Uh, it was cool, you know, you know, you ride a boat and then you get to meet one of the one of the big dogs from the company. It was, it was very cool. Uh, but, uh, no, it, it, Shiloh, thank you so much for hanging out Anytime. with us. Tonight. Yeah, man, that, that's awesome information. And, and, you know, a lot of these guys, they fish, uh, Logan Morton and they're, tr- they're going to be chomping at the bit to get up there in the next few weeks. And that, that just fires them up even more, you know, I'll tell them right now, if they got a bunch of fish on a brush pile. They know about give them a week or two. I'm pretty sure they've seen every bait made in the country past week absolutely there's, there's <laughs> nothing on that lake that has not seen a jig on it the past week <laughs> yeah i, I know docks, eric, docks all the way to brush piles i know eric made a comment too he's like right, jones i know every stump yeah. ditch i mean it was crazy but it's not that big a lake so i guarantee y'all did well if you're going for eaters right now you can go out there and catch as many eaters as you want it's john the best way to describe it, it's like mitchell Remember how many eaters at Mitchell? It's just like that right now. Only there's not a great brush pile right in front of it. I remember. I remember that tournament. That's awesome, man. We've had. We still got seventy-two people on here. We had eighty-something at one time, guys. We done been. We're running over our hour now. We try to cut it down where people can spend time with their families and stuff. And we appreciate y'all coming to the Crappie Cast Expo. Crappie Cast. The Crappie Expo and coming to the Crappie Cast booth. <laughs> I've got that on my mind, but I appreciate y'all getting to meet all y'all. And John and Jessica and I, we enjoyed ourselves. And Shiloh, man, I appreciate you being on here, man. You're always on in the comments answering questions anyway, kind of ba- not really backstage, but I appreciate it. And we're going to keep up with you the next tournament. You say you leave Monday for Grenada? Yeah. Yep. I think, uh, I guess, John, you're going to be up at that, or Old Hickory that Thursday before, huh? Yeah, we'll we'll we're gonna. I'm gonna get up there as early as I can get up there, buddy. <laughs> well, I podcast. Y'all always gives me a hard time. I want to show up early. I, I want to get as much time in as I can. Amen. I sent John a text midway through the week, told him that fried rabbit was pretty good. That old stone made for us. Oh, uh-uh. man! I, I heard about that when y'all were down there at Mitchell. Yeah, hey, uh, it's Pickwick, but Pickwick. Oh, oh, okay. But at Pickwick, he uh, he brought fine leg. This time he bought brought back strap. So John mm. got some good stuff. What? <laughs> yeah. No. Yes. I know. Uh, some rabbits in your yard should be in trouble anytime, shouldn't it? Man, they're, they're 
tickets about to expire. <laughs> That's <laughs> awesome, man. Yep. That's awesome. It's been a great show, guys. Thank everybody for tuning in. I know we got some new followers on YouTube, and John and I, we've been putting those in-depth series out on Tuesdays, trying to put them out on Wednesdays, and trying to put he the one John and I just done. That one, that's some information I, I don't think anybody's ever shared that I know of publicly, and John does it very well, and he explained it, and I've had a bunch of feedback, John. I meant to tell you that earlier. Yeah. People, people. Uh, People say, hey, that is the best information that I've, I've seen come out, you know, on schooling fish. And hopefully when the schooling season gets here, we'll be able to share some pictures and some, some more information, guys, and let you all get, you know, to start chasing those fish, man. I appreciate y'all guys. We're going to end this thing shallow and appreciate Jessica being on here and John, as always. But uh, we're going to end this thing. And y'all hang out, John, and we'll talk. And see y'all next Thursday live and appreciate y'all. Thank <laughs> you.